<laughs> Might be a few of them coughs that you, you have to edit out through the... <laughs> I'm keeping every cough in, mate. Hello, Neil. How are you? Very well, pal. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Um, I tell you what, people have been asking me who's next to come on this, and when I tell them it's you, they're all like, oh. Oh, really? <laughs> That'll be, be a good one. I'll tune into that. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I suppose been um didn't get the nickname Bell for nothing, did I? I suppose. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that name actually. Um, you don't like Bell, do you? As a nickname. Oh, do you like being called Bell End? <laughs> well, it's not. It's not Bell End. It's just Bell. Yeah, I hope it's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, I I've never called you that. At least not to your face. Yeah. <laughs> Where did it come from? I don't know, I think it was Witch or Tash or Ray or someone. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got no backstory to that nickname. I don't know where it's come from. Just someone made it up, they started calling it, mate. I hated it for a bit and then I just started <laughs> I had to accept it, didn't I? Yeah, I, I'll still call you all. Um, yeah, it took me a while to start calling you Finch. I, so even now, it's... Oh, it doesn't sound right when you call me Finch. No, no. There's only a select group of people that call me Finch and I don't know, I just don't think you're one of them. No. But Real yeah. friends don't call you Finch. <laughs> but I know, Bell's not flat. But Squid said the same about it, is it? It's not to do with the, the nature of the nickname. It's more just... It's just the name now, but... Makes you feel accepted in the group, doesn't it? <laughs> I suppose, one way to look at it. But um, before we get into anything, I want to uh, hear your thoughts on one of today's headlines, uh, which was, how much damage has Harry and Meghan's interview done to the royal family? <laughs> um, yeah, that's the wrong person, this question. <laughs> Did you watch the interview? I watched a bit of it, but fucking hell, I switched it off. Like, what load of shit? Who cares, man? Who cares? Like, mm. I don't like the royal family. I'm not going to go into a load of stuff about that, but you know what I'm like. Um, and it just, it felt like, I said this to my dad before, have you seen The Hunger Games? Yeah. So you know where Katniss and a fella are getting interviewed, but they're like being told what to say and mm. how to look like and how to come across. Yeah, that's what felt that was. It felt like that. Do you think it was all? Yeah. Like, you think both Harry and Meghan were told what to say? I think it was all just a big show, to be honest with you. But Oprah wouldn't lie to us. Oprah's the fucking biggest baby blood drinker on the planet. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> I mean, you might have to edit that out. No, <laughs> Oprah's not going to be listening to this, mate. Don't worry. Well, you never know. But so you're not a royalist? No, no. I just think it's it's ridiculous that we've got a family worth billions and billions of pounds that don't even have to pay for anything properly and take piss. <laughs> and you've got fucking queues for food banks up and down the country. And it's not just homeless people, it's families, fam- single mums with kids that can't afford to pay for food. And but there's a bunch of fucking knobs just sat there with about 20 bills worth of jewellery or something. So, so it's not a case of um, <clears throat> you don't not believe maybe you just don't care. Correct. Correct. But should people care though? Because it's, it's someone's mental health at the end of the day. She says she didn't want to live. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, we've well, we all struggle with mental health problems. How many people do you know haven't wanted to live at some point? Like she can not want to live in a big mansion with a prince fella. Drive a Lamborghini if you want. If you need to go let off some steam, you don't have to go to work. And fight through the day when you can't, when you've got no energy to even get out of the bed. Yeah, but I think she, she <coughs> said though she couldn't get out. She was trapped in the in the palace. Yeah, well, I suppose that's a. Who knows what goes on in that palace? Like, I can't speak for her, can I? But fuck me, like, who's asked? <laughs> I, I agree. As in, it should have just just let him be. 
Just let yeah. them do their own thing. Just crack on. If they don't want to be in the Royal Family, don't be in the Royal Family. I don't even know the ins and outs of it. I, I don't like switching the news on anymore. But I get my news from Twitter. That's reliable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel you in, but it's not, it's, it's not worth going yeah. over, especially not when I'm being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go back a, a long time, you and me. Aye, I do. I think there was a period where I knew you better than anybody. Um... I'm not sure that's true now. Would you agree? Um, well, yeah, I think probably Katie knows me a bit better now. Well, I was about that. I was going to ask you who do you think knows you better than anybody now. I think it's Katie. Mate, she can. She knows what I'm thinking before I'm thinking it. <laughs> like I, I, I can't lie to her about anything. Um, it's one of them. Like there's no point pretending because if I act like the slightest bit different, she knows what's on and what why. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, she defo knows me. But uh, to be fair, mate, like, I think you can still read me pretty well. Yeah, but I, I agree, obviously, not as well as, as Katie would now. I mean, you live together. Um, but do you think you know her ins and outs as well? Does it work both ways? Yeah, yeah, probably. Sometimes. Women are hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well. well, we grew up on the same street, with the same name, same school, all that stuff. But then in high school, you went to about... <laughs> eight different schools why Why did you leave each school so you started in Ambrose with all of us um, yeah that was uh, it was a lot of it to do with me mum and dad getting divorced they were just fucking bitter with each other um, I think it was more a case of we'll put him in this school when I went to live with my dad for a bit because I was I was bad like I'd fall out with my mum and then say right I'm going living at my dad's living at my dad's and then I'd be like yeah I'll go to this school whatever yeah but you, well, you see your mum and dad divorced when you were a Six. Exactly, so in high school, though, that's like 10 years later. Well, not how many years is that? When you started high school, seven years later, 11? Is that the six plus seven, 11? Something like that. <laughs> Smoked too many joints today to work that out. <laughs> don't think it is. Um, so, why did you leave Ambrose? Was it a case because you moved to your dad's? Ambr- yeah, like, I mean, I was, I was performing in that, I, I suppose. <laughs> like, I did. Um, like when I, you say performing, act, what acting you? out in classes. Like from from year seven, like I was in top set for everything, and I just went on a slow decline because I didn't school being told what to do with teachers and that as a kid, I wasn't for me. Um, so then my dad thought, oh well, this school on Brookhouse is nice. <laughs> Don't know who thinks that because they just put it into an academy, so they were like, yeah, we'll put him in here. And I was I did a couple of years in there, and then. Um, I went living back at my mum's and she didn't like me being there but I didn't want to move schools again because Ambrose wouldn't have me back and I had people in all the other schools who wanted to beat me up so yeah but well you said you were a top set you know intelligent lad no no that's the, the slow decline was like quite steep <laughs> oh, immediate <right. laughs> um, yeah no I was like I was probably set two for some things year nine set three for others but I stopped going to school after the time um, so and then um yeah, no, none of the decent schools would have me, so... And then I think I got expelled. <laughs> like, it was one of them. You got I, expelled from the South City Academy? Well, like, I decided I, I, I was going to get expelled. Like, I was arguing with them about... So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the teachers um, refused to let me back in the school uh, until I'd had a drug test. I got pulled out of class one day, saying, we've had reports that you've been smoking weed on school grounds, and at this time I wasn't smoking weed. So that wasn't true? No, it wasn't true. It wasn't true. But... Fortunately, the weekend before this happened, um, you know, some 
growing up on the streets of Eccles, you get introduced to things in a child ecstasy. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm getting pulled in for smoking weed, which my mum could have probably dealt with, but then, like, they're saying he's not coming back in until he has a piss test, and my mum got me one, and I'm there like, oh, shit, she's about to find out something. <laughs> but luckily it came up negative, but then when I went back into school, I was like, I had a chip on my shoulder with the teachers, and then I got in an argument with one of them, and then a few more of them, and, like, walked out. Then my mum went in, argued with him, and they said, we don't want him back. And she went, well, I'm not bringing him back. So then you went to Moorside? Well, I had a bit of time off. I had, like, 11 weeks off trying to find me a school, and then we settled for Moorside. I mean, and you were in, like, year 11 at that time, weren't you? It was at back end of year 10, that, yeah. That's a tough time to join a school, especially, like, Moorside as well, which was... Yeah, it didn't have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have a good time, you know... I, um, yeah, no, Moorside was shit, like... Because everyone's already established all the group of friends and that. I mean, it was hard enough in year nine at Salford Academy, but I, I'm, I mean, I had a lot of enemies there, but I had a decent group of friends. Um, but then more side, it was like, and I was, because I, I'd had bad experiences like with bullies and that. Um, I'd always give it back, but I came into more side thinking, right, that's what I've got to do again. And I think on like my first day, a couple of birds were taking the piss out of me in history. And I was like, well, you're a fucking bitch in front of the old class or something like that and and just just went from there really yeah well you've never been one to take shit from anyone have you you've always you've had a lot of fights in school in the school years yeah I think that was <clears throat> like my own ego was a kid I felt like I had to do it I felt like I had a point to prove everywhere I went don't don't know why comes up in therapy that <laughs> yeah it was it was one of them, like, as soon as someone had said one thing where, like, you might have not said anything back, I'd say something back to try and really wind them up. And it was usually the hard, cocky, popular kids. Um, so they'd then have to give it back to me because everyone else is watching. You can't have this little new kid fucking giving you a load of shit. So which school did you prefer? Ambrose. Yeah. I had a, I had a rocky start at Ambrose. <laughs> but after, after year seven, it was all right. So, did you enjoy your childhood, all in all? It's, I had really, really high highs, but the lows were pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of them, like, fucking, is what it is, innit? Everyone's got their own journey, I suppose. Absolutely. Well, you've certainly got a lot of stories to tell, which is why I think people are looking forward to hearing this one. I mean, you know a lot of people as well, with all the schools you've been to. I know, I'm just dead nervous about who's going to listen to it. <laughs> You're a popular guy, mate, some would say. I think you're very popular. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. You've got a lot of Twitter followers. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump right in with your uh, most embarrassing. Now, you said uh, the shit stain thing. Oh, no. Which, every, a lot of these moments I ask people involve some level of shit. I know. Your pod with squid was full of shit, wasn't it? <laughs> in what way, mate? I you, felt like the last half an hour was just the word poo was in every sentence. Oh, I thought you meant it was full of shit. I said it was all of it. <laughs> well, that as well. <laughs> so, the shit stain thing. How old were you? I was pretty old, on. That's why I'm embarrassed. <laughs> really? Yeah. How old? So, um, um, I lived in Newport Street in Salford. What was that, four years ago? Right. Yeah, so... Well, I thought this was a childhood thing. No, no, no. Because, to be honest, when I was looking at all the moments you wanted me to write down, it was like, I couldn't think of anything. My mind just went blank. So, it's probably not my most embarrassing moment, because I've had a lot. Yeah, most of your moments are quite recent, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, because it's just what I can remember. Yeah, fair enough. I might have something to do with the drugs. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so... 
fucking me, Katie, and Barn lived in this fucking party gaff, didn't we? And um, <laughs> yeah, so Katie was having a spring clean in the house one day, and um, she was like, Oliver, come upstairs. Like, what? She doesn't call me Oliver unless I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> so I've gone upstairs, and she's like, I've just found these in the in the back of the wardrobe. There's a pair of old boxes, old boxes, like they had shit stain in them. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, they got there. She was like, it's your wardrobe. I was like, mm, it, I promise you, they're not mine. I couldn't accept what I'd done, and Barn was listening, and it, it was my shitty boxes, basically. And they're in the wardrobe. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what happened to be honest with you. I must have been fucked at one point. Realised they had shit stains, and she might have been there. So I imagine my train of thought was chuck them in there, get them in a bit, like, and then she won't know you're up to anything. And then I've chucked them in there, and then not, not got them in a bit. <laughs> Put them in the washing basket. Yeah, should have, should I? <laughs> well, I feel that's what most people would have done. Or... Yeah, but and I, I denied it. I still deny it now when she brings it up, to be honest with you. <laughs> Will she listen to this? Yeah, she'll listen and she'll... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I thought this was a different... I thought... No, that... Oh, right. a different shit stain. Do you know a different one? Oh, the one in my... Well, you got shit in your hair. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I thought you were going to talk about that. I probably should have spoke about that one. I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> no, I want to know about So, the, the one in the... Um, with the... <laughs> we got it in, in the wardrobe. So, you said you denied it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you of course just... I denied it. I, I swore to her. I swore to her that it was the person who lived there before us. <laughs> leave the nasty boxes in the wardrobe. There, there were so many wardrobes. <laughs> I just didn't think she'd check. And then... They must have been there a good three weeks. Because I'd completely forgot they were there. Oh, I bet they smell. Oh, well, they weren't mega shit stains. Like, we're not talking and shat myself. It's just, you know, anyone who's listening to this who's thinking I'm hanging, you've had shit stains. Like, we've all had it. Gaz definitely has. They're fucking, yeah, Gaz gets them daily. <laughs> um, yeah, but, so, that was that. So what was the I'm embarrassed now. I feel like I'm redding up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow. There we go. That might be a contender. <laughs> well, what... Um... What was the one with the, the shit in the hair then? We were kids. We were kids. Uh, I was. With, you were there. I've, I'm sure you were there. We were young, maybe like eleven, and we were playing football up at the Astro. Mm. And outside the Astro, there's all the grass in there with the rocks, and we used to jump along all the rocks. I fell off one of the rocks, thought nothing of it, got back up, started chilling with my friends again, and then JJ was like, "What's that smell? Have you stepped in dog shit?" I'm like. Nah, nah, I've not slept in dog shit. But he's like, it's you with it that smells. So I'm like, ah, getting dead panicked. And then he, he, he turns me around and it's fucking all over the back of my hair. It's like in the hair. It's on my scalp. <laughs> it's soaked through. And you didn't feel it in there? You, you but, well, when I touched my head, I felt it. And then I had it on my hand as well. Oh. It was the middle of the day, so, like, and it was a decent enough distance to get home that. I had to run past people and then I got tired, so I had to walk. Then I got back. And I got a tea towel. What? Don't, my mum wasn't there to help me, and I was fucking out of it now. So I got a tea towel and started rubbing it. You and see, I, you smudged it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, is it gone? JJ was like, yeah, yeah. And there was still a fucking massive clump of shit in my hair. So JJ came back with you? So the, yeah, well, we'd all come back to the street at this point. Like, once it had happened, I started running back, and they walked back laughing their heads off. Right. And they got back to the street while I was tea towel in my head. Oh. I know, I know. That was. 
Oh, did, to be honest, I blocked that out. I'd forgotten about that, but JJ yes. reminds me yeah. often. <laughs> I was going to say, is anyone ever brought up? I don't remember that happening. You said I was there. Oh, yeah, when he talk, tells me, it's like it brings back a like hazy memory of it all. I'm that... Adam Gorton and JJ being there, definitely. Just yeah. assume you were there. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to ask Adam Gorton his version of events because he's going to come on this eventually. Good lad, Adam Gorton. So, yeah, both, um, both your embarrassing moments involve shit. Yeah, well, I thought that was just a going trend. Yeah, like, well, I, I've had so many times where I've gone bright red and loads of people are looking and that, but who wants to wear that shit? <laughs> well, you disgusted and angriest moment. Um, well, you say you've been angry a lot, but the most recent was the uh, the police raid. Uh, before we get into the police raid, would you say you have an anger management problem? Um, no, no. I'd say I used to as a child. Um, and then I became a stoner, and uh, my, my anger turned to sadness. <laughs> no, 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 I just, like, when, when, all through growing up, like, I'd lash out, lose my temper, I'd see red. You probably saw it hundreds of times, didn't you? That's yeah. where the fighting comes from and all that shit. Um, <clears throat> but that was just, I've, I've, I've learned, like, that was just a kid not knowing how to express his emotions, and... For me, when I'm feel when I was feeling all that, I was just let it out in anger because when you're angry, it's tangible. Like you can you can lash out, you can do things with anger, but when you're sad, you can't really. It's, you know what I mean? There's not really much you can do about it. And it. So I think that's what I was doing as a kid. But then I got older and still angry. <laughs> um, and then like I, I always smoked weed like from being like 14, not all the time. Then maybe like 21, 22, I just started blazing daily. And I still lose my temper if, if it's warranted. And when I lose it, I can't really, well, I can't control myself once I've lost it. Um, <clears throat> but it takes an awful lot for that these days. Well, yeah, you're human, you're gonna, things are gonna, everyone loses the temper, you know, that's just human nature. But you've definitely chilled out as you've got older, I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, I've got less to be pissed off about. I had a lot to be pissed off about when I was younger, I think. Well, when you used to get angry, even as a kid, was it like you just saw red and couldn't be calmed down? Yeah, literally, like, like I could compare it to almost being on drugs and not being in control, but knowing what you're doing, but not like normal. You wouldn't be doing it, but it's like I'd, I'd it's like I'd get myself to such a, a high point of anger that there was just no bringing me down at all, and. If I couldn't lash out at things, like there was holes all over my mum's house, like proper white boy problems. <laughs> um, holes? Yeah, like oh, you always punch, punch the wall and that. Yeah. Um, I've got one now, actually. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about how you couldn't control your anger. Yeah, 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 but... Yeah, so I do have an anger management problem, but it's not as much of a problem. So, what did calm me down, and how long would it take to calm me down? Um, I just have to sort of. There wasn't anything that calmed me down. I'd, I'd have, it'd have to run its course, like just time. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd have to go in my room, pull my hair out, fucking swear, scream, cry, um, you know, all that shit. And then after a bit, I'd calm down, and then I'd feel bad if I'd done any wrong to anyone at that point. So you'd regret your actions after it? Every time, yeah. Every single time. But you never thought when you were so angry doing whatever you were doing, you didn't think about the consequences then? No, no, no. Even... but that's it. Like, it, 
I, I say losing control could be kind of a cop out and excuse, but I was young as well. I was a kid, so the the way I see it now is I was just trying to figure figure shit out myself. Why do you think you got so angry though? Well, if I knew the answer to that, all, <laughs> I wouldn't be going to therapy. Um, no, it's I, I think a collection of things growing up. Um, I think you know it's it's hard for. Mm, I was going to say men our age, but it's hard for anyone, any age really, isn't it? The world we live in is just not a nice place, and I think I've just never really <clears throat> found my place in it. And as a kid, I thought, right, well, fuck them. You know what I mean? If 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 they're not going to let me in, then I'll fucking come out swinging. Yeah, <laughs> do your own thing. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much you want to say about the police raid, but it was very recent, and it actually wasn't anything to do with you, was it? No, no, which is why I was so angry, because nothing to do with you. If you're not up to... So I'll talk you through the story, basically, first, I suppose. Um, yeah. I won't say names, and I won't incriminate anyone or anything. Um, but it was, like, Thursday morning, 6am at night. I'd, I'd just let the cat out 10 minutes ago, 6am in the morning. i just let the cat out 10 minutes ago, and I'm back in bed, like, broken sleep. And then bang, bang, bang on the door. First thought is... This Amazon driver taking the piss. So I'm like storming downstairs to have a go at this guy, and then like I can see high vis through the window. So I look through the people, and there's fucking seven coppers there. <laughs> I didn't know it was seven at the time. I thought it was about 100 of them the way it looked. Really? So we yeah. were flashing lights and everything? Uh, no, because my driveway's off the street in it, so I think their van blocked the driveway. Yeah. Um, and they've all walked up. But they had the battering ram and that. They were. So they were ready to force entry? Yeah, yeah, they were like. They were like, open the door or it's coming off. I was like, you know, I know I'm not squeaky clean, but fuck. <laughs> so I'm, I'm holding the door at first. I'm like, what have I done? And then they say someone else's name. And I know this person. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because this person's took the piss a little bit for, for a while. So I opened the door at this point And thinking back, I wish I would have just said, have you got a warrant? Because if you're not, you ain't coming in. Um, but I suppose they probably did with a battering ram in their hands. But, um, so they come in and they're being pricks with me because they think I'm the person at the end of the day, I suppose, but I just don't like them anyway. Um, and then they've like stormed up the stairs, muddy boots everywhere. Katie's getting out of bed with no pants on and there's a load of coppers there. Like it's the, the whole thought of police storming through your house. It's not nice. For, if you're not involved in that life, it's not nice. Um, they don't ask any questions. They just, no, once they're in, they just, they, they assume the worst don't they or what they're there for um, and like they've come in and it's not weed because my weed's out is a, a, for, for all to see from the night before and like I'm, because I know it's not my fault I'm fuming and um, I'm calling them all pricks and that because I just, they were being pricks with me and like they had me backed in a corner loads of them and I was like, once they, they went in the attic, they took some ladders up into the attic and once they come down, um, I was just like, you've realised you've got it wrong? I was like, you've all been horrible. You've you've scared the life out of me, missus. I was like, get the fuck out of my house. And then they were like, no, you've committed a crime. I'm like, what crime have I committed? He went, you've got drugs out in the open. I was like, of course I've gone out in the open. I didn't expect seven coppers in my living room. And it was, it was two grams of weed. I won't get three joints out of that. Um, and they took it and I was like what are you doing taking that I was like I'm going to need that after this um, luckily they didn't open the jar because there's another bag there but that's a story for another day <laughs> um, and yeah like 
I was just arguing with them and I was like, I was like, use it for mental health and then they took a bit, bit of piss out of the mental health, like, laughed at it. They went, mental health, fuck off and started laughing. Is that what they said? Yeah, and I was like, well, at least get that fucking prick out of my house. I was like, I'll talk to you, but get him out. On Jay Lynch, was it? No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, in the end, they, they, I think they did me for possession for the weed because because I was giving them shit. They were like, right, fuck it, we'll do this by the book. So I think if I get a DBS check, that would be stuff on my DBS anyway, but... There'll be weed there now. So you thought the officers in general, all of them, one in particular, had a really bad attitude? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was one, the two of them didn't have masks on, mate. Like, they're coming into my house. How do you know I'm not terrified of COVID or, 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 or whatever, or I'm not a vulnerable person? And they were coming in and he was getting in my face with no mask on. I was like, give me your badge number, but then, <laughs> what am I going to do with your badge number? <laughs> yeah, you could yeah, report him to his superiors. Yeah, but what's that going to achieve? His superiors probably more of a nub than he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. So you live with Kada. Yeah. What was she saying during all of this? She was she was just as annoyed as I was trying to explain. He doesn't live here. He's he's never lived here. But then then they explained to me like. So uh, this also wound me up, but the only people that, that were there for me to take my frustration out on were the police. Um, like, the, the, this person had registered a company at my address, registered a ca- car insurance at my address, put me on a car insurance that I didn't know about, done loads. I'd had bailiffs for the person before, and I'd, I'd said, this needs to stop, this is ridiculous, I shouldn't be having bailiffs for your debt. And then um, even to this day, I still get debt letters for him. It's ridiculous. But yeah, so I was fuming that this person had done it because they're supposed to be family, basically. And family don't do that to each other, do they? But I feel like I I was just played for a mug. And then when I brought it up with a person, I brought it up angrily because I was angry. I had every right to be angry, didn't I? At the end of the day, they took my weed. (laughs) Um, Take my eyes, but not the weed. And his response was... Who are you speaking to? Meet me now, let's have a scrap. So I was like, come on in. But nothing came from that, and now there's just got a bit of a... I don't know if anything will ever come from it. I want that to do with the person again. So, right, so you're not in contact with him? No, no, but it still winds me up this. Like When I think about it, I'm like tense in my fist. <laughs> every, um, every, every time the, the person who was angry, every you know, when they've talked about their angry moment, I've sensed they've got angry talking about it like you've got angry now. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little terrified. <laughs> no, but um, it is, because, cause, especially because it's so recent. Um, yeah, this was like seven weeks ago. Like, <laughs> still fresh. How long were the, uh, <coughs> the coppers? Um, about two hours, you know. Two hours? Yeah, they wouldn't leave me alone, mate. They would, uh, And I wouldn't leave them alone, but they should have just left. But because I was still angry and having a go at them, they had to have the last word. You know what I mean? Like, let me have a go at you. You're in my house. You've realised you've got it wrong. Can you understand why I'm angry? So, are you you're still angry about it? I'm still angry about it. And I still... It, I didn't have a... I've not, not had many good experiences with police anyway. And that sort of solidified my opinion on them. No offence to Jake, because I think Jake's alright. But I, at the same time, like, you know, I know these people in that profession that take the absolute piss and it's not fair. Just big gang, if you ask me. Fair enough. Your surprise moment was after you had your seizure. You said you realised you could die from drugs. You thought you were invincible. <clears throat> and you then have to admit to you that you were an addict to your family. So before we even get to the seizure, what was the first drug in your life you remember taking? Um, that ecstasy in year nine. Half a pill I had. I don't count weed. Like I would smoked weed a little bit in year nine. But yeah, I'd had half a pill then, but... I didn't have the best time. I thought my skin was falling off. 
<laughs> so um, I didn't really touch anything else again till maybe we start going town and then so about 17, 18 yeah and then I got back onto pills ecstasy had a great time when I first got onto them but it was, it was one of them I always knew from school when I get older I can't wait to know what certain drugs feel like like I remember thinking about pills and thinking yeah I want to take one of them um, so I did <laughs> um, I think particularly growing up you you found it hard to say no to things would you agree with that so if someone said, do you want to drag of that? Do you want to try this? You would, you would always be like, yeah, go on then, have a bit of that. Yeah, I mean, if you've got to get really deep into that, like, subconsciously, that was just me wanting, like, a bit of an escape from the reality I was in, I suppose. Right, so it wasn't just a case of you want to try something or you want to, you don't want to be seen to look, like, scared not to try something. You'd be just... Um, yeah, no, it was more for me. Like, and to be honest, mate, I think most people that, that regularly take drugs... Uh, it's escapism, like it's and escapism is escaping your current reality because things are difficult in it. Um, but uh, I mean, a lot of it was just having loads of fun with it. Like I had some really, really great experiences with the pills, and then I got into MDMA, which is just pills but in like crystal powder form. Um, and then I got like that was all good times. I've only got good memories of that, other than one time where I took too many pills and threw up. Um, but then I got into coke. <laughs> And that, anyone can tell you who's, who's been bad on the gear, is uh, that's, that's the devil stuff, that. So you say when you first moved on to coke, that's like sort of the harder drugs? Well, it's, it's I don't know, like, it's, it's class A, if you want to diff- use the, them classes as, as it, but so, is, so are pills. Um, but I don't know, it's, uh, like with me, it was, I do it the weekend, first time I did it, I was like, wow, that's amazing, every time I'm going out, I'm going to do that. And you probably noticed that every time I'd go out, I'd, I'd have to have a bag of sniff. Yeah, and if, if I did come out with one, I'd have a couple of beers and then I'd be on the phone to someone. That didn't help how easy it is to get it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, and then that turned into like every weekend and then a couple of days in the week. And then the job I was in, I ended up, because I, I, I had access to a lot at the time, shall we say. <laughs> um, so it turned into like daily and you don't even realise, like, I wasn't thinking, oh my god, I'm this guy who's on drugs all the time, I'm a drug addict. I was just like, yeah, I'll have a key. Yeah, I feel a bit rough today. Like, fuck it, I'll have a key at lunchtime. Oh, I'm a bit tired this morning, on the way to work, quarter to nine. Fuck it, I'll have, a, I'll have a key. And then I learned to eat on it, which, so I could hide it, but, I mean, not not the best. But the, so, so you mentioned quarter to nine in the morning before you got to work? Sometimes, yeah. Just to keep, just to Get the buzz going. Well, I'd be rough from the day before because I'd been sniffing all day. So it was like, I, I was I was getting myself in a bad state financially from it. But it was like, and then at one point I lost my job and I had a, I'd, I was doing some stuff for someone and I owed him a lot of money because of it and I had no way of paying him when I lost my job. And I was just like, ah, oh, shit. Um, but that's it that's the, exactly where it, but people like me you probably just got a bit of a tendency to get hooked on things to stay away from cocaine <laughs> well, well most people we know currently do or have taken drugs like coke on a night out and shit like that but would you say you took it too far or did you just see it as you were taking them recreationally like everyone else um, now I'd see it as I took it too far therefore um, but you know I'm lucky that some, some people I know my friends who are my age are still doing it now um, I mean, I only I only stopped a year ago. Um, I had little 
hot holidays from it, but I always went back to it. I mean, who knows? I still might. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now, nah, yeah. So I, <clears throat> you're definitely not addicted I, I, to I, coke I, anymore. No, no, I've not had. I'm coming up on twelve months actually. Congratulations! Yeah, thank, you very, thank you very much. I'd say, I would say twelve months free drugs, but we all know that's not true. <laughs> I've yeah. only had weed and mushrooms, so that's fine. That's nah, not wrong with that. They're not really drugs, are they? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it, it just every single time. Like I'd come away from it. And then I'd start again a few months later, get back into the party lifestyle, and very quickly it'd turn into, like, Friday night, Friday in work, I'd be on it, and I won't go to bed till Sunday evening, and then I've got work the next day. But this time round, like, last year and, the le- like, leading up to, to a year ago now, like, I found, like, I'd been on them for about 12 months at this point, and it was diazepam, or Valium, which we've all heard Eminem rap about. And they were they were sick. It's like Monday morning. I could have been bendering all weekend, drinking, not had a sip of water. Wake up Monday morning, a little bit rough, but I'm feeling all right. And um, pop one of them on the way to work, and I'm sweet. Like just absolutely, I didn't have any come downs. I didn't have any hangovers. So I just thought, oh yeah, these pills are mint. I'm always going to take these. And then they were so Moorish because they made you feel so good. So then I started taking them through the day, every day, 10 a.m. in work. Like I'd go to the kitchen. This time I was acting like a bit of an addict, even though it's only little tablets. Like I'd hide what I was doing, I'd make sure no one's looking, I'd throw a pill down. And by the time it got to the evening, I've had like eight, nine, and I'm like spaced out. It's, it's like a it's like a morphine almost, like a, an opiate, one of them. And uh, But I didn't realise the damage they could do. And then one day I just didn't have any, I just didn't have any April last year. And the next day I woke up and thought it was hungover. Felt really rough saying to me, brother, like, I'm not right, me. And there was some cheese in a baking tray in the kitchen from the night before that had gone hard. And I was like trying to clean it, but it was making me sick. You know, where you're gagging when you're looking at something. <laughs> yeah. And that's it for me. I black out at that point. And I come to, and there's a paramedic in my face saying, I'm taking you to the hospital. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, you're not. I thought it was like a big conspiracy. Because at the time, I thought COVID was a big plan. So I thought they're getting me. Covid had just started at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I was like proper into me conspiracies, and um, so I was like, "Fucking, I'm not going to hospital." And then my brother's there crying his eyes out. Sorry, Callum. Um, and he was like, "You've just had a seizure." And I'm like, "What?" And I, well, your brain don't work for a couple of weeks after one of them. But like, I didn't say anything there. But straight away, I thought, "Ah, oh, shit, them tablets and diazes." So you you've seen <laughs> the nasty cheese, and then you blacked out. I don't remember anything. I didn't have a horrible experience doing that or anything. My brother said I was having a fit on the floor. I was foaming at the mouth, like my hands were in like that. Um, even at first, he thought I was taking a piss because I fell into the bins. He was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then he saw me on the floor, and he'd only been back a day. He, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I would have died, but he got me in the recovery position. So he was living with you at the time. Uh, yeah, but he just got back. Just got 12, back from twelve traveling. hours before, yeah. So you think your brother saved your life? He said he put you in the recovery position. Yeah, yeah. He, he said it sounded like stop breathing, and and there's a good chance I could have died. But I, I always tell myself that anyway because it's like a harsh reminder for me. Like because I think about them tablets all the time to this day. Like I remember the feeling they give me. So it's like I just always refer to it as the time I almost died because then it's like you take them again, you know what's going to happen. See, I thought when. I thought you'd quit these drugs, and you say you're not supposed to quit these drugs cold turkey, and you that's what you did. Yeah. And that's why you had the seizure. Is that not true? Yeah, but 
think it like I did say that uh, I said like oh yeah I decided the night before I'm not having them anymore but I think I just went out to be honest with you right so you were still on the drugs yeah when you yeah. had the seizure uh, well yeah but I'd, I'd, been, I'd had 24 hours without them and that's how quickly it can just mess with your body because when you've been taking them for a while you, you it's not just mentally dependent like your body actually needs them so so after then it took me till July to actually come off them because you have to do it dead dead slowly and so did you get in the ambulance? You went straight to hospital. Yeah, yeah. And I think I told I was told that like I was in and out there. I was like waving in that. I said to him, I was like, I take loads of diazepam, and he's like, right, makes sense. Um, and then I told him in there, and then like I came to and that, and I was like, I said, I, didn't, I, I wanted to put this down as my scared because it's like you should be scared, but now it was more like I was happy in the hospital and I was open about it, and I just thought. Ah, fuck, right, the fun ends now, don't it? Or, like, you can't just fuck about now. And even and from then, I've, like, I keep thinking I'm going to die. And now, <laughs> I remember when I was worrying about them chest pains, it kind of made dying real to me, like, dying young real to me. A massive wake-up call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, because dying young, I, d- I don't know, I feel like it just suits my personality. <laughs> touch wood. Like, I've always felt like it's it's my... My, my thing that like it's going to happen at some point you've said to me many times that I think I'm going to die young mm. that's, that's something you've said to me and you think because of your lifestyle um, are you no because I'm alright now like I, I saw it, but I don't know I've just got a, a feeling <laughs> <laughs> you know like I, I can't really explain like, I, yeah I lived a bit like there should have been times like there'd be weekend benders where I'd next 20 of them tablets that could have killed me off mixing it with alcohol and gear and that but you know what's mad, mate? Um, I mean, we, we talked about it just before. You, so, you you can run a 10K in 45 minutes. You're insanely healthy. And there's, there's some really unhealthy people out there. So the fact that you think you're going to... You, you eat healthy as well. So the fact that you think you're going to die early... I don't know. But when you actually live... You, you know, yeah, take yeah, away yeah. the drugs, you live quite a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, I eat a lot of vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you know, there's some people that are really hard on drugs and don't don't look after the body. They could have run two k, never mind ten k. No, yes, yeah, good, good point, good point. But that's it. It's weird. Like my running in it, I shouldn't be able to run like that. Like I'll smoke two joints and then I'll go on a run and I'll get the, the best time I've got. So I should probably know more about this. But if I'm smoking weed, raising my heart rate and then running, also raising my heart rate. Is that putting strain on my heart? And then the smoking the weed, like you've heard my cough. I've probably coughed on. In fact, I don't think I've coughed. I don't think you have coughed. But yeah, I cough all the time. And how long of me tickling my airways and coughing? And it's not a nice emotion. It's tense in it. My lungs probably don't like that. So your cough worries you? Yeah. Well, I started getting chest pains last year, and I was certain I was going to die. I thought it was my heart or, or something, and I was like, "This is it." Went for an ECG and blood test, and they were like, "Yeah, you." Yeah, it's really good, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, you you are a fit lad, and I, I don't know if you want me to cut this bit out, but it was I, I was round at yours um, just before Christmas, and you weren't in the best place. Mm. Um, and you said you, you said you suddenly started getting chest pains, and Katie sat there and just talked you through it, and just started breathing with you, and I watched it happen, and you just started, and you looked, I looked at your face, and you looked scared. You looked like you didn't know what these chest pains were and KB just said just breathe just breathe and you did and then you, you felt you did feel better then and so I kept getting them them same chest pains um, yeah and I was I was I was scared I wasn't scared of dying 
I was scared that it was happening now and I've not done anything yet. I've not left me mark yet. You know what I mean? I think that's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared of death because I, I think, like, I'm one of them, I'm quite certain that there's something once you die. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that. But not doing anything with my life is something that I do worry about. So just going back to the, when you were in hospital, did you tell, your mum and dad straight away about how, how much drugs you were taking, what drugs you were on? No, I didn't tell my mum for a few weeks. I said, oh yeah, the doctor said I was just dehydrated. <laughs> dehydration, having a seizure on the floor. <laughs> yeah, she knew. And then, like, I, I was just dealing with it myself. Like, the doctor said, we'll give you a prescription each week for how many you need to come off. And it was like, it'll be a long process. And then one day I couldn't get my prescription because I, I didn't, they didn't give me enough pills. But because it's an addictive drug they get addicts coming in asking for them all the time and I went in and I said you've not given me enough I've not got any for today they were like we can't give you any your doctor needs to sign that off I was like doctor's not in I was like I need them and I was like I know how this looks I look like I'm demanding drugs from you but I was like I need them so then I rung my mum I was like mum I need your help like she knows all the doctors and that don't she she's in the NHS um, so yeah she helped me and then <clears throat> yeah I, well I had to tell her <laughs> I couldn't just say mum I need these diets if I'm just going to get them for us and how did she take it all right, all right. She's she's like, she obviously she was pretty good. Um, but then she wanted to like be involved. She bought me a pill box with like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on it. <laughs> my granddad's got one of them. I know, yeah, I didn't use it. My grandma had one. <laughs> fucking hell, mum. But no, because there was a couple of times when I was coming off him that I did relapse a little bit. I'd take like three or four extra ones, but not from the doctor. I took take my street ones, which is even worse. Um, so, and I, I was honest with my mum about that. I said to my mum, like, I'm never going to lie again. I'm not going to lie about anything. I've <clears throat> said that to everyone now. I've said it to myself. I'm not going to lie anymore. There's no point. So you, you said you have to admit you're an addict. Uh, would you not say you just got an addictive personality in general? Um, nah, nah, because cause I'm still, like, I smoke weed all day, every day, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I'm still, if you class weed as a drug, I'm on drugs all day, every day, aren't I? It's one of them, for, like, I talk about this quite a bit, and for me, and this is deepest, but the thought, <laughs> the thought of being sober for a whole day, getting about your daily business at normal, with sound mind, like, te- that terrifies me, like, what the fuck would I do with myself? Like, everything's so fast. I used to remember my brain was just so fast all the time, and like, anxiety at times, fucking steroids, basically, and it's like, I'd be thinking about everything all at once. But then when you smoke a bit of weed, or a lot of weed, like, fucking, things slow down and you're not as ass. Like, yeah, it's, you forget some stuff, and you probably don't have as, I say it's not as much work ethic, but it's just, yeah, you probably do, you probably, once you master it, you can be, you can do everything else, everything you'd normally do on weed, but you don't have to worry about the other stuff. So you, you know, you'd, you'll admit you smoke a lot of weed. Yeah. Um, you did try to cut down though, didn't you, or... Yeah. Are you trying to cut down? I tried to cut down just before New Year, and when you said I was going through a really bad time, I was trying to cut down. Like fuck it, I couldn't deal with things when I started. I don't. I still go through bad times all the time. Like, but when I'm smoking all the time, things are always okay. No matter what's going on, if I know I've got a nice bud in my car, it's got to be nice. I can't smoke shit weed. But if I know I've got a nice one, it's like things aren't going to be that bad because I'll still be having a joint at some point. Well, that's the that's the balance. It's 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 doing it in moderation. Whether you think you, you, if you're doing it too much, 
should you try well, well that's it like it's, it should be a luxury and luxuries you don't have first thing when you wake up like three hours into your work day would you say you're dependent on weed maybe not physically but mentally yeah like my, I think I'd stay alive if I stopped smoking it I'd be alright but I'd fucking lose me shit like I, I remember once I went like 24 hours without one hour. Mate, I was looking through the window just watching every car go by and that. I was up, just always pacing around. That's interesting, that, because that's like paranoid without it. People get paranoid <laughs> when they smoke it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're not ready for it. They have too much when they get paranoid. Well, let's let's move on to your scared moment. Uh, you talked, you mentioned your, your mum's brain surgery and you said you felt like it was your fault and also your grandma was in hospital at the same time. Now, did you think it was your fault because of the fight that almost happened on the street? Yes. Right, okay. So do you want to tell the story of what happened there? Of course, of course. Um, So this was one of the times where, like at the time, I was taking loads of of coke. And and when you're doing that, you're not yourself when you're not on it. So even if I wasn't on it, I'd be angry, I'd be a prick. I'd be like, you owe me money. Like, fucking me. Trying to be someone I wasn't. That was a recurring theme in my life. Um, but I suppose it's trial and error trying to figure out who you are in it. Anyway, back to that. So I'd had an argument with one of the neighbours um, over parking. I parked in front of his drive for ten minutes, and it was a bit. It was pathetic on both of our parts, but we were just giving it each other. And this neighbour was one of my good mates' dads, unfortunately. So then I saw him a few days later, and he's all he's heard is I've been kicking off with his dad, and I think I threatened to burn the house down. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Like this is what I say when I lose my temper. I, I just do and yeah. say things that, what the fuck are you doing that for? Like, I've, sometimes, I've been nasty to people and I'm not a nasty person at all. I don't want to be nasty to no. anyone. Um, but yeah, and so he was like, and well, it's JJ, isn't it? It was JJ <laughs> who it was. And JJ is pretty hard, isn't it? Um, he's, he's, I'd say he's very hard. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't know. He, <laughs> he's coming over to me and he's ready for MMA, so he's got his fucking crotch guard on and all that stuff, and he's ready to fight. I'm what? Just, so he come up to you to fight with his crotch guard? No, on. no, he come over to me to talk to me, and he's like, I've been, honestly, mate, I've been thinking I'm just going to bang you out. And I'm like, well, fuck you then. And he's like, well, we can go in my garden now. I'm like, right then, let's go. Knowing full well I'm about to get my face punched in. How long ago was this? Um, five, four or five years ago. Okay. Maybe, yeah, four or five years ago. So he's come up, he's got his crotch guard on. Well, I, did, I didn't know it was underneath his shorts. because he told me this later. We're friends again now. Okay. Um, <laughs> and we're walking over to his garden. And like, it's one of them, in it? Like, you, whether you're going to get your head kicked in or not have a go like that's just the way it's, I've always felt and there's a story behind that um, but then my mum runs over and she's trying to split us up but then out of nowhere my mum just starts going ah head in her hands and like me and JJ just stop like what the fuck and like we get my mum back home and the light's on and she's like switch the light off switch the light off so we switch it off and she's screaming in pain holding her brain so we're like I'm on the phone to 999 I'm like I, I don't know what's happening but fucking my mum's screaming and yeah, it's fucking. So I, I, I'm thinking, I've caused this, like, because I'm fighting and stressing my mum out with all my bullshit. Because I was up to all kinds of bullshit then as well. It wasn't just the fight, I suppose, but the, the, that's where the fucking crescendo happened. Um, and, and was was JJ at that point? It was your mate again. Yeah, right? yeah. That, all that stopped. Um, yeah, like fucking. We probably something would have stopped us fighting. Like he's too good of a mate for that to have happened. Well, we fought when we were kids, didn't we? But. 
Like, he's, I do class him as one of my good mates because he cares. But, um, yeah, so mum got in hospital. She was there for a couple of weeks. And, uh, like, within two weeks, she was having brain surgery. But while she was in hospital, my grandma was in hospital as well. So me, Callum and Brian, fucking none of us knew how to make tea or anything. We were just like, what do we do if we lose my mum? <laughs> <What? laughs> none of none You had that discussion? Well, we all thought it. My mum was about to have brain surgery. That's not a fucking straightforward thing, is it? Um, but yeah, I mean, like, she, she's got better. <laughs> well, yeah, so it turned out your mum... It, was a, it turned out, sorry, it was a thing that had been going on for years. And it just, like, because that happened, it highlighted it and they caught it and fixed the problem. Right. Yeah, so, you know, maybe... My mum should be saying thank you, after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything for a reason, mate. You never know. And it, well, I was going to say, it turned out your mum had a really serious brain uh, surgery. and So you can't put that on yourself, you know, for causing it. But like you say, that at, might have... At the time... Yeah, yeah you, I can understand where you're coming from. Of course. So, so did you talk about how scared you were to anyone? You said, did you have that... Did that come up with, with Brian and Callum, like, what the fuck are we going to do here? No, I think... I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm certain. I was still just getting on it, like just trying to escape. Yeah, so maybe like to be honest, I don't remember crying or anything like that, other than when it was happening, like because I, yeah, I was I was getting on it, and you just fucking numb everything. Like when you're on it that much, you just yeah. Was you, your mum scared, or did she show it? No, she didn't show it. She brave face. Yeah, she's always been like that, my mum, and she like no matter how old I get. Or how hard I think I am, or how cool I think I am. Like she'll fucking always feel like she's got to put on a brave face for me because she probably she's right to be fair. Oh, she's one in a million, Leslie. Oh yeah, she's alright. She chat, chat some shit, but she's alright. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned your gran was in hospital as well. Was your gran aware at the time that your mum was going through the operation? Yeah, yeah. Taken both to the cafe in the wheelchairs. <laughs> was she? Um, yeah, I think so. Anyway, like fucking. So they were in hospital, the same hospital together. They made they were li- a two minute walk from each other. You know the new Salford Royal. Yeah, like, I work when, there. When you, yeah, of course you do. The new bit. There's some stairs right there in there. Mm. So my mum's up there. Frida's there. Like it was, it was too convenient. That, uh, it pissed me <laughs> off. I was like, fucking everyone's in hospital. <laughs> <laughs> you were at some point as well. Yeah, but um, <laughs> well, I mean that's something. I guess that they were in at the same time. You know what I mean? Well, they were both like there was a chance both of them would die. I suppose at the time, like Frida, <laughs> Frida had a few close calls with death over the last ten years. Um, but yeah, I think it was just like, but I don't. Brian was quiet. Like Callum's never been one to show his emotions, so I couldn't really talk to either of them two. It was, it just was. It's not like kind of thing. Callum maybe now. Yeah, Callum's big softy now. But he has, yeah, he has got a lot of softy, your brother. Yeah. Um, well, it must have been a difficult time, you know, with all that going on at once. But the operation went well. Um, I always see Leslie walking around through Swinton, loving life. Yeah, she used to ride a three-wheeled bike around, didn't she? But some lads in Swinton laughed at her and shouted at her. I was, like, I was like, find them, find them. But <laughs> I'd probably do the same thing if I was a kid and someone rode past on a big tricycle. <laughs> no, mate, I'd be kind of flawed. I'd be, go on, that's great. But yeah, she stopped riding that. She she, she runs and everything now, though. She's, like, she's better now than she was before it. She used to drink a lot and that before it. She don't really drink anywhere near as much. She's well healthy. I rarely eat meat and that like. I wouldn't let some scruffs from Swin and put her off a bike. Get back on the bike, Leslie, if you're listening. <laughs> Get back on the bike. <laughs> so, would you say all of this has brought you all as a family closer together? Yeah, I was. I, we we were me, 
Me, mum and Callum were always like proper, proper close. Even when we'd fell out, we were still close. So, um, it, it did. It got annoying after a bit, to be honest, because she never shut up about the fact that she had brain surgery. <laughs> like, we were like, fuck you, I'll give it a rest. <laughs> Your happiest moment. You've got a few, which is good. Well, they were... <clears throat> There's just more recent memories that I can remember being really, really happy with, but like, I'm sure I've got more. I mean, one of these was a, a euphoric moment. I think you were there with me, weren't you? I was, but let's just go through them. So, you've talked about when you've saved a penalty in Sunday League. Now, that is a big moment. Uh, to some people, it's small, it's Sunday League. But for me, no matter what level of sports you're playing at, if you're playing competitively... It means a lot to you in the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, mate, I played Sunday League. The emotions run high. Absolutely. And, well, we were playing top of the league. It wasn't just any team. It wasn't just any game. There was, um, I was hearing about it all week. Like, oh, this striker, they've got big Billy. He's a right bad bastard. And fucking... and I'm, I'm, I'm new to the team. I played like two games. And I'd never, I couldn't take a goal kick at this point. I still can't. Um, <laughs> but I was a shot stopper. One of that was all I could do. And um, all through the first half, like, I, they were just playing long ball, Bolton football, um, and I'd catch it, and he'd come over and fucking knock me to the ground, and I'd be like, "Give me free kick, no free kick," and he was beating me up all game. But surprised he reacts. He was big. Oh, big I, I, I know, I know you're talking he, about. Yeah, you know him. Um, and then at half time, I heard their team as I was walking over to my other net. I heard him saying, "This keeper's spooning it every time. He's shit." Proper. Have a, let's see what we can do. Something like that. You don't want to wear that. No. And I was like, right. Let's, let's fucking get get focused here and I had a good second half and then um, it was like we were doing well it was it was two all two all and we, we thought we were going to get spanked this guy used to like I was hearing he scores five goals a game and that and um, it's like the last five minutes and one of our guys gives a penalty away oh, fucking am I going to be letting the fucking winning goal in here obviously Big Billy picks it up done it this striker I've been hearing about <laughs> And one of our lads looks to me and he goes, come on, mate. And I thought, you know what, come on. You know, you get, you get yeah. yourself all worked up inside. You've got this. Yeah, so I just got my eyes on him. I hadn't even got in my goal. He hadn't got to the penalty spot. But I got my eyes on him and I thought, I'm just watching you, you big bastard. And, <laughs> and as he put the ball down, he just did a little glimpse up. A little glimpse like that. And I thought, right, that's where I'm going. So he, he looked in the direction of yeah, where yeah, he's Yeah, yeah, he looked his bottom left, my bottom right. And I thought, he's going to do an absolute fucking stinger in it because um, that's all all he does so far as soon as he gets to that ball I'm closing my eyes I'm diving down there <laughs> so close my eyes it felt like slow motion actually because the ref blew the whistle and he didn't take his run up for ages he was one of them oh my games I know I know so I just I, I, I knew what I was doing so I just stayed completely still waiting for it close my eyes <laughs> I didn't see the ball I closed my eyes I dived down and then I felt it on my hands and I opened my eyes and I saw it go off and one of our guys clear it and I'm like God, I heard the cheering and that, and I, then I was fucking really fired up. And he got another shot last minute, he scuffed it a bit, and I pulled off an absolute worldy save. Um, and then the final whistle went and it ended two all, and everyone was dead happy. And I heard some of the lads talking, Who's your man of the match? One of them went, Oh, well, it was Joe Bear, but not anymore. <laughs> and I, I pretended not to hear it. And I was like, like They were like, You're coming for a pint after the game? I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll meet you there. So I'm the last to get to the pub, and as I walk through the door, they're all there. <laughs> These lads didn't even know me. They all just stood up and started giving me a round of applause oh, in the pub. That, that was, was nice. That was a big moment for me. Like, it's not quite walking out on the World Cup, Rugby World Cup. Oh, that's <laughs> overrated, mate. Yeah, and, and someone bought me a beer as well, which is good because I was skint. 
<laughs> oh, that must have been nice, though, walking, walking into applause. It's, it gives you, like, an old body feeling, doesn't it? And it, thinking back on it, it's making the hairs on my arm stand up. It was just it was just nice. You know what, mate? That's a big point against Barton Town, Big Billy. Yeah, Barton, Barton Arms, wasn't it? Was it, it, Barton, was it Barton Town? I think it was Barton Town. You were in that league longer than me. Yeah, no, they were a good team. So, And I remember he was a good striker, he scored a lot of goals. Yeah. So if you've saved a penalty against him... That's it, yeah. I was uh, I was really pleased about it. Was you, was you nervous, though, before it? Yeah, big time. All my family knew about who Big Billy was. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knew who he was all that week leading up to it. And at the end of it, they were like, how'd you get on? I was like, wait till I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, fucking, I, was on, I walked there in the morning. I thought, instead of driving, I'm going to walk and I'm not going to have a joint. That's how serious I took it. <laughs> I think I still had one. But um, yeah, I walked and I was listening to like The Voice by John Farnham, which if anyone knows that song, it's very, very cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, so you were treated like a hero, and rightly so, I'd say. Thank you very much. Now, your other happy moments were the Aaron Wilbraham goal for Bolton, which kept them in the championship. And you also mentioned being a kid in Florida. But let's talk about that goal. Um, <laughs> I could talk about that goal all day. So I was, like you said, I was with you at the time, and it was an important game. Um, Bolton needed to win to stay up, and the, other results to go their way. Yeah, so they needed other teams <clears throat> to win, but Bolton needed to win to stay in the championship. Yeah. Um, so Nottingham Forest. At home. It, it was against Nottingham Forest at home, and what? So we, Bolton were losing. Was it two one? Two one, we were losing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a shit game to be honest. Until the last twenty minutes. But did we know at the time? I can't even remember. Did we know the other results were going? Yeah, everyone had the earphones in. We we didn't because I think early on the teams we needed to lose were like one nil down in that. So we were like, yeah, it's on here. So it was it's in. On. It was in our hands. Yeah, we, everyone knew it was on because they were playing. Add teams as well, mm. and once once you go down against Preston North End, <laughs> well, um, but then anyway, um, so we're losing two one, losing two one, eighty five minutes. So still. so yeah, we were frustrated even more so because we thought it's in our hands and we're getting beat. Um, and it was eighty eighth minute, wasn't it? Well, Adam Lafondra came on and absolutely changed the game. He scored actually. He he came on at half time or near half time, scored the an equaliser. So we're losing two two nil. It was one all. Right. We went one all. We went down one nil, one all, then they went up two one. Right, and by which point, so it's the 85th minute. Honestly, I'd given up, but I, I do remember you were still clapping. And There's a picture of me in the newspaper from that day. Everyone around me sat down, and I'm just stood up giving it. And I've like... seen it. I've been down <laughs> on my phone in that picture. <laughs> um, yeah, because I just. I, I, I was all I was pissed as well. I was steaming out my head, and I just felt overwhelmed with emotion. And like I say, I've never been good at knowing what to do with emotion, so I thought I'd just scream at these players. <laughs> well, mate, it looked like it worked. So we scored in the 89th minute or something. Yeah, 88th, I think it was. Yeah, we got a goal in. And then I, that's when I thought, oh shit, this this is could, on. This could happen. Yeah, so we're all like, <sighs> and then fucking oh yeah, keeper. Kicked it up. Someone knocked it on for uh, Lafondra. He chased it down. Wilbram cut inside the defender, so it was just a dead short cross. Up it went, and as soon as it went up, you thought this is going in, and he headed it. And I remember seeing it trickle into the far post. Oh my god, I've done a lot of drugs in my time, but nothing compares to that feeling. I've... <laughs> it's like that level of euphoria that 
I can imagine no drug can give you. Um, no, when no. It happened. Can you imagine what City fans went through when Aguero scored? It, it, I imagine it, that was our taste of that because that's it's certainly that 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 level of euphoria. You have grown men crying at the City game, and I completely understand it, like because it's just your emotion pouring out. You don't know what to do. What you just said then about um, uh, no level of drug has made you feel like that. My uncle is a massive City fan. Was at the game when Aguero scored, and he he said the exact same thing. What mm. you just said, he said, he said I've, I've done drugs. He's, he's like, you know, fifty odd now, and he says I've done drugs, so many drugs, nothing compared to that. Um, it's just something football can give you, isn't it? I watch. I, there's a video on YouTube. It's like a fifteen minute video of the Aguero goal. It's like well put together, talking about the United game, everything that's going on, and. When Aguero scores on that video, I went almost well up. Like I get emotional because you can just imagine I, the, the the team they beat to to win everything. It was just like a fairy tale, that wasn't it? Yeah. Well, if you're on the right side of the thing. Yeah, yeah, you're really well, fun. Do you, well, do you remember where we were when Aguero scored that goal? Uh, we were getting relegated at the Britannia <laughs> by Stoke City. I was crying on the grass, getting laughed at. <laughs> Bolton needed City to win, beat QPR, and. Bolton needed to beat. And we went 2 0 up. We were 2 0 up at half time. Against Stoke. Yeah, I away. remember going in, in, down into the fucking, whatever it's called, the gangway. <laughs> the gangway? Where you buy a burger and a pint. Um, the trenches. No. <laughs> Turnstiles. Turnstiles. <laughs> <laughs> the gangway. Um, I was going down there and there was a Bolton fan dressed up as a woman and he just grabbed me. He was like, we're fucking winning. I was like, I know. <laughs> And then it just went to shit again. But that's Bolton for you, isn't it? And it's football. Like you, you, I've back then, I put a lot of my emotion and attention into a football team. And like, why are you doing that? Because it'd ruin my day. And if it was a really bad result, it'd ruin my week. <laughs> yeah. And and you can choose not to have that. I chose to be a Bolton fan. I, I didn't really follow football. I chose to get into it, didn't I? And like, I very quickly chose to get out of it too. <laughs> so you don't watch Bolton anymore? No, nah, it was too. Draining. It was draining, and even now, like, like I'm gonna go stand in the cold to watch League Two football and fucking follow it. When I can't even keep track of my own life, like I want to keep track of the fucking League Two table. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. I've lost interest in Bolton Wanderers. I must admit. But just going back to the Wilbraham goal again. So it went in. It went in. Everyone in that stadium lost their minds. It was the last kick of the game. My shirt was off. <laughs> and I wasn't one to take well at the time I'd lost a bit of weight so I couldn't wait to get it off but it was off and I was just like <sighs> and when it was getting near that final whistle me along with fucking hundreds of other people we all just got right at the front it was like as soon as that whistle goes we're, we're over this fence yeah. and I, like, I was I fucking as soon as it went I just hopped over I'm sure I was one of the first ones to the halfway line because I got on jumped over the thing I d- tried not to fall this time because we'd done it the year before and I'd fell over and you didn't let me hear the end of it <laughs> <laughs> and I just fucking sprinted all the way to Aaron Wilbram I fucking grabbed his sweaty head and I just kissed him. <laughs> I kissed his forehead. Oh. I had salty sweat all over my face. <laughs> and then I turned round and there's a lad stood there with a joint in his hand that's lit. And I just went, mate, I'm, I'm not brought in here. I was like, I'm never going to get to smoke here again. I was like, can I have some? He just went, there you go. <laughs> what a gem. Um, that was, yeah, that was probably... It couldn't have been better that day. Could not have been better. There's a picture of, uh, of you, me and Chris on the pitch of that day celebrating I might post it on the Twitter account yeah because it was it was I, I I mean 
I must admit, I'm not. I mean, I want Bolton to do well. I sort of watch Bolton. I watch United, but I felt like euphoria when that goal went in, and I was honestly, it was it was something else. It was like I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. That's that's why people love football in it for for moments like that. I suppose that's why Bolton fans are still Bolton fans because they're not doing it for fun. Um, but for little moments, little pieces of joy like that, because I'll remember that for, for the rest of my life. I'm sure you will. I'm sure fucking yeah. 15,000 other people will. Definitely. Uh, and then your other happiest moment was being a, just being a kid in Florida. I was always jealous as a kid that you went to Florida, you know, because um, it's a mint holiday. Big, big holiday. Yeah, and, and, you know, Leslie, she likes her holidays. Well, it's only, I didn't realise at the time, and <clears throat> it's only since I've got older, and I've, I tell her this all the time, I, I remind her of it, but it's like, my mum was working three jobs every night to, like, to save for this trip to Florida, which must have cost ten grand, maybe maybe more, but because she wanted it, she was a single mum working three jobs, but because she wanted the two boys to have a sick holiday, she did it, and like, fucking, must have been hard going that, because she wasn't just working three jobs, she was taking us to basketball, two nights a week paying for it making our teas and all that shit it's like fucking some of these parents like like your mum was good as well like that, how they crack on I couldn't do that absolutely and it's Mother's Day tomorrow so oh, yeah. big shout out to the mums yep yep you do a lot for us thanks. they really do to be fair and you don't realise until like you say you get older yeah well what I was saying earlier when I touched on it briefly when I owed someone money and I didn't have a means to pay them like just times like that I I went crying to my mum, like, I just got to a point where I was lost, I didn't know what to do, I thought I was going to get my head smashed in, I owed like two and a half K, um, and I didn't have a job, and I didn't have any profit from anything, because, <laughs> and like, my mum just paid it off, well, at first she said, let's go to the police station, I was like, oh, behave yourself, but she paid it off, and then like, I've still not paid it back, to be fair, but, that's like, how much shit, like, as she took, from me especially, like, we've, I think it's obvious, plain to see I was a problem child. I had a lot of shit growing up and I was an arsehole to my mum and my dad. And but it, Yeah, it's like fucking... I would have booted me out like if if I was my mum. It's hard work, that, isn't it? Scary thought, I'm a kid. So, just going back to Florida, though, is that the best place you've ever been? Um, yeah, well, for, for who I was at the time, I was like year eight. Well, how old are you in year eight? Like 14. Yeah, 13, 14. 12, 13, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, it's just a sick place. And the reason I put it down is I don't really remember too much about Florida, but what I do remember is just like being a completely carefree kid. That's why I put it for happiness because, I mean, I imagine it's the same for you and for most people. Like, when you think of like the happiest time in your life, it's probably sometime you were a kid in it and you didn't have those stresses of the world. Life hadn't beat you up as much as it beats you up. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Do you reckon you'll take your kids there? <laughs> Depends if I've got ten grand or not. <laughs> if, if I'm loaded, I'll take them. If I'm if I'm just scraping by paycheck to paycheck, they can go buttons and be happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want kids? Um, yeah, but Katie will listen to this. Katie knows. Katie knows, but no time soon. Like, I'm not ready. I know they say no one's ever ready, but I'm defo not ready. <laughs> um, like. Fuck that. I, I struggle with my cat. Like, my cat is such hard work, and I think a kid would be this times a thousand. Um, but when I'm older, yeah. And the state of the world, you will bring your kid up in today's world. Have you seen these Generation X, they call them? The ones that, the kids that are younger than us. 
like not millennials to younger than them like they're all fucking west like it's, it's, it's a hard world to be a kid in I mean, everyone's just glued to the phones anyway, aren't they, these days, and it's sad to see. But then, again, people, you look at pictures of, you know, the older generation at bus stops, everyone's just reading the paper. Is that not the same thing? Yeah, it's one picture, in it? It's a still picture of a time when people are waiting for the bus around people that they don't know. Like, but I was talking to Squid this morning about this, like... So I know things that are going on in people's lives that I've not spoke to face-to-face for two, three years... But and everyone's the same because any achievements and anything like that, anything going on in your life, most of the time it's on Insta, it's on Facebook, something like that. And everybody sees it. If you just look at your views, people that you know you've not spoke to for a very long time are looking at your shit and you're doing the same to them. So if you do bump into these people at any point, what are you going to catch up about? Because anything they tell you, you'll be like, oh yeah, I saw that. And then you're just talking about things that you've seen, you already know about, you know what I mean? You don't get to have the same conversation. I think it's kind of kind of toxic with regards to that I, I agree but there's people on our Instagrams we are friends with or Facebook that you'll walk past the street and you won't even stop and speak to yet you follow each other and friends each other on you'll Facebook you'll like the shit online won't you yeah you'll like it but then you won't say hello to them on the street because you've got nothing to talk about what are you going to do hey mate how's it going yeah good you yeah good what have you been up to ah uh, you know that's not conversation that's just exchanging words <laughs> But I mean, there's people that you wouldn't even let on to that you're friends with on Facebook that if you saw on the street, I, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. would you agree with that? Yeah, like that, that you wouldn't, yeah, even without Facebook you wouldn't talk to them. Yeah. You so, just know of them. You just know them and because you know each other, you're friends on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, and, and really when you think about it, those, you, those people have no business looking at anything you're doing and the same with you. It's yeah. kind of lost its way, social media, hasn't it? It's, it's got its pros and cons like anything in life. Um, well, there's a few stories we didn't even get to, but you know, maybe we'll do a part two. Maybe, maybe. But um, that's it. Thanks for coming on. Any thanks. wise words? Thanks for having me. Um, I've never really had wise words, but, you know, nope, I've got nothing. <laughs> I've had a few beers, a couple of joints, I've got nothing. Have a nice evening. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, all.